Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Joined now by Tim Buckley. Tim Buckley of the Daily Memphian uh, was there Saturday night. Ended up writing about DeAndre Williams and his... uh, in his adventures of that night as he was excused from the proceedings and got a technical and injected uh, real tension when there didn't have to be much tension. I thought it was funny. I read in your column about Penny's reaction, Tim, after when he was asked about DeAndre Williams. How would you characterize Penny's reaction when he was asked about DeAndre? Uh, Conflicted. (laughs) He loves the guy. He loves his passion. Uh, and DeAndre Williams drives Penny nuts when he does the kind of things that he did in that instance. But then there's other times when he's on the floor and he's he's just brilliant. So it's, you know, one of those ones where it's, you know, petulant child, you know, you, you love him, you put up with him, and then you love him some more. So uh, let's, by the way, so, so again, we, we had talked about this just before the break. They're up by six. Uh, I, DeAndre gets called for the foul, and then he gets called for the technical because he grabs the ball and sprints down the court. Uh, looking at those two plays separately, did you believe he should have been called for the foul, and do you believe he should have been called for the technical? Call for the foul, no. Call for the technical, absolutely. Cause, and I don't know if I would necessarily qualify to sprint more like uh, jog, angry hop. A- angry hop, okay. I would go with. But, uh, you know, pick your descriptor. Um but, yeah, you can't do that stuff. And, look, even, even he said himself, I'm 26 years old. I should know better. <laughs> but he also said, I'm getting better at it. Do you believe he – I mean, you obviously haven't followed his whole career, but over the course of this season he does not – I mean, I, I love him. I love watching him. And here's the other thing I, I love him. about him. I love watching him interact with fans. When I was at you, – you were at Vanderbilt game too. He, like, wades into the crowd and – he, he's, you know, he knows the fans by name, and he just, you know, it's a, he's a joy, uh, partly because yeah. he wears his emotion on his sleeves. But I don't know. Do you think he's getting better at this emotion stuff? I, I think he is getting better, and I think by the really? time he's ready to join us in the 50 and over league, he'll have it down <laughs> to perfection. <laughs> Were you ever worried that they would worry? Did you ever think they would lose? Did I ever think they would lose? Saturday. Um, yeah, yeah, it got tight late. It, it, partly because of that. And then Kendrick Davis comes right after the technical. Uh, Kendrick Davis comes down on the other end and uh, misses a little baseline jumper. And who but Elijah McCadden yeah. is there to, to hit the follow. And then I think the Tigers were able to breathe a little bit easier. And that was kind of right place 
uh, right time on McCadden's part, but it was reflective of what Penny had to do to win that game, which was rely heavily on his bench. Well, well, that was interesting and, uh, because we've talked about how this is a year when they're not as deep, et cetera. But now with Demaria Franklin uh, injected into the fray, and one of the things we saw, and I'm really intrigued to see how this will play out, because Jonathan Lawson got to play. He often doesn't. He got to play. He hit three threes, played 19 minutes, hit three threes, and I'm not sure he would have gotten to play if Keontae Kennedy hadn't missed the game because of concussion protocol. So now you've got whenever Keontae comes back and you got Demario Franklin and you still he's still starting Alo and Jaden. Um, I don't know how I don't know how you can't look at this team and say that their highest ceiling comes with Jonathan Lawson as part of the rotation just because he brings something that no other player brings. But do you have any idea how he's going to sort this out or any confidence that Jonathan Lawson is going to get the consistent minutes he has not gotten so far? Well, keep knocking down the threes and you will. I mean, that's not really Jonathan Lawson's game, but when he was asked about it afterwards, he was like, hey, uh, we, we got to spread out the floor a little bit. We all know, uh, we've all heard, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, but we've all heard about how we don't have any shooters. Uh, and and I needed to step up and be one. So if he can continue to bring that presence, because it's come at times, but it's come so inconsistently from different guys. Um, I think having Demaria Franklin could cost, you know, loss in some minutes, but, man, that's much needed depth uh, uh, on the perimeter there because with Kennedy out, I mean, Franklin came up big for them. Um, it's it's nice to have a little mix. You're not going to get through a whole season where everybody's available anyway. But if you have guys who are ready to pop in off the bench, um, like Lawson did on that occasion, it'll it'll go a long way. I still can't figure out how this team is doing what it's doing when it just really doesn't have any outside shooters. Well, the nice thing is is that um, they're doing what they're doing in part by. Like in that game, it's perfect. They, they don't take threes. So they at least know who they are. They only took 14 threes. They made five of them. That is good. And by the way, Jonathan Lawson, he has been, he's shooting 40% from three. Like I, he's, you know, you give him a chance to knock down threes, I think he's going to knock down threes. He's shooting 40% from three. Um, obviously, he's only averaging 15 minutes a game. But, but um, I don't know how many minutes... If if Demari Franklin's going to cost him minutes, I don't know how many minutes he has to spare. But um, I but I do think at least in terms of that larger question, they're not a three point shooting team. At least they recognize it. And when they hit five of fourteen as opposed to one as they did against Alabama, then they're giving themselves a chance, right? You you you, you yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I agree. Look, uh, in that game against Alabama in the first half. They were 0 for 2 from three-point range. Um, so, you know, they, they know what they can do. They know what they can't do. The first way you solve a problem is recognize that you have a problem. Right. Early in the season, I don't think they recognized that they had a problem, or if they did, they weren't willing to admit it. I think now, even though, you know, Penny isn't saying it so much, the players are hinting at it, and more importantly, the play on the floor 
right. is evidence that they know they have a problem and they've figured out a fix. They figured out a workaround. It's like me with my laptop skills, you know, when I can't <laughs> right. figure something out, I just figure out a workaround because heck knows I ain't going to be able to do it the right way. I was impressed, by the way, when Jonathan Lawson was asked about his playing time uh, afterwards and had a chance to gripe. He did not in the slightest, right? No, no, he didn't. He didn't at all. Um, but you can read between the lines and you could tell that, um, you know, and it's, it's tried. It's, it's, you know, it's a ridiculous cliche, but you can tell he's playing with the chip on the shoulder. Um, you know, but those guys know how to, how to say the right thing. So that's, that's a good thing, but you can tell from what he was saying that he was like, look, I've heard all the noise. Um, he even said, I've heard, you know, people saying coach, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but coach doesn't know what he's doing. He should be playing more. I've heard all that. Um, so it wasn't him saying it. He just like acknowledged what's being said around him and out there and then went out and responded to it. So good on him. It's amazing. I said last week on the air that I have never felt more confident when a Memphis Tiger goes to the free throw line than I have when Kendrick Davis does. Um, and I, I, watching it from afar, as I did Saturday, I was still surprised because he did miss a couple. I mean, he was still 14 yeah. to 16, but it was there were a couple. Like, it's like in, in a big moment, he like, I'm like, what the hell? He never misses. But he was still 14 to 16. He was 23 and 9. He's tremendous, is he not? Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, he did miss, miss a couple late. Uh, when, when they were much needed, um, but, man, what a difference maker that he kid is for that that program i haven't quite figured out yet you know what he is on the next level um but for what the memphis tigers need right now he is he is the perfect answer and he's kind of got a calming uh influence too like he knows he knows when to push guys buttons he knows when to handle guys gently he knows when to just kind of say let's calm things down and he knows when to to ratchet it up. Um, I, I like his, his presence on the floor. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's a difference maker yeah. and it's, you know, they're lucky to have him because 10 years ago, they don't have a kid like that. You know, uh, nowadays these kids are playing for 16 and seven years on the college level and you're able to land somebody like him out of the portal. Uh, so there they are. They got, um, a uh, uh, eminently winnable game Wednesday, and then they will wrap up their non-conference season. Uh, that's against Tony Madlock's team and should should not have any struggles with that one. Where do you think they are now headed into their conference season? I think they're playing with enough confidence that it's absolutely positively realistic to expect that they can get through non-conference play with no more than one loss not including the two Houston games. And then you wait and then you test yourself. And those two come late in the season. You, you, you test yourself late and you see where you stand compared to Houston. They might even be able to run the table, not including the two Houston games, uh, and then see what happens in those two. But I think they're playing both well enough and with enough confidence to, to 
pin that on them as something is a realistic goal to strive for. Yeah, and they don't feel erratic. They can win, they can lose, but you're going to get an effort from them uh, every game. And I think it's it's commendable. And I think that's a direct result of the the chemistry that yeah. that we've talked about. The other thing I wanted to ask you about Tim again, talking to Tim Buckley from the Daily Memphian. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim. What's your Twitter handle? Oh, I always get tested on this, and then Jeffrey, I got to go on Jeff, Twitter. What is his Twitter it? handle? <laughs> Buckley Tim eighteen. Buckley Tim right, eighteen. You can follow him on Twitter at Buckley Tim eighteen. You and I sat down with Laird Veach for a discussion about a ten days ago or so um, about sort of the future and the status and whatever else of Memphis athletics. What were your uh, What was your biggest takeaway? Uh, they got some, some issues in terms of having to sell the NIL concept to their big money people. And it's a tough sell. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, and, and, and Larry Beach addressed this. He's like, you know, for, for years and years and years, decades and decades, really, we've, you know, taught boosters. Don't go paying these kids. Don't go slipping the money. You can't do that. You can't do that. Well, now basically you're saying, please do that. Please do that. Slip them some money. Take care of them. Give them this. And these are my words, not his. Give them this phony baloney. We're going to go do a commercial for you. And then we're going to give you a ridiculous amount of money to to do it. It's like a complete mind flip. And that's a tough sell. And you got to like, you have to go about that the right way. Um, John Martin did the piece for the Daily Memphian with, you know, talking to some of the ambassadors. And I don't think all of them are, are thrilled with the approach that was taken. So one of my takeaways from that was there's there's a lot of work to do. I mean, these these kids, I, I, some of them on their Twitter, because I've also, for the, for the Daily Memphian, I've been doing, you know, lists with, you know, who's committed uh, for the Tigers and which of the local high school kids are committed here. And you go to their, their Twitter accounts, and the first thing on them for a number of them says professional athlete. They're still in high school, and it says professional athlete. So you got to change the mindset of the boosters in that regard. And the other one is, and you and I have gone back and forth on this a little bit. Um, I'm not – their quest for getting to a Power Five conference, I think, is is more prevalent now than a lot of people are willing to give them credit for. Um, but they also know that it takes time. So I, I think they haven't given up. What do you mean the their, their quest is more prevalent? You think they're still working at it more than people give them credit for? Is that? Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're, they're almost to the point of a little bitter over the way things unfolded, you know, when Houston and, and, and UCF and Cincinnati got the call and, um, I think they're still working to to position themselves, and I don't think some of the stuff that was getting thrown around earlier about being the best of the best at the G5 level, um, I don't think that that's where they want to be deep down. Right now, it has to be what they want to be because that's in the position that they are, but I think there's still another level for them, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Tim, thanks very much. Appreciate it. You got it, Jeff. Take care. That's Tim Buckley from the Daily Memphian. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.